say this is a test, only a test? This is a test, Hiroshima, only a test. This is the 25th, all right? It's August 25th, 1998. Peter Bergman and Phil Proctor in Phil Proctor's uh, studio here in uh, Benedict Canyon, Los Angeles. And we're going to do a um, duo on the history of Proctor and Bergman, what this country needs. Okay. Phil, how did Proctor and Bergman get underway? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I, re- I do remember this. In 1973, the Firesign Theater was in somewhat of disarray. We, we produced a not insane, a, a, a kind of marginal album. Well, it was at the most insane period of our existence together. Uh, we were going through some of the first paroxysms of, of personal change, having been together at that point for... What it was seventy three was it? So that means it was seventy three. We'd been together since sixty six. Yeah, long time. And and there were personal changes, divorces, and suicides, and you know the things that normally happen. In Not suicides within the Firesign Theater. No, no, no. Or, but but, but around yeah, right. around the Firesign Theater, which in a way is is enough to to throw fat on the fire. And basically, we reached a point where uh, uh, not only was the kind of the economic. Uh, milieu changing in terms of phonograph records, but our own personal lives were beginning to change. We'd reached, we were of an age when uh, we were going through, I guess, a pre midlife crisis, right. or, you know, so the normal things were happening that caused disruptions. And at a certain point, Peter and I had to kind of face the reality are we going to go off on our own now? Because uh, we hadn't, we, we made, in a, in a way, some. Uh, Bad decisions, but there are no bad decisions. So we made decisions. We made, we made them. They were they were ours. We take responsibility for them. Whatever the decisions were, they have led to the release of this wonderful new album. So who cares? But in actuality, at the time, we didn't really know what we were going to do. We were kind of in a panic because we'd had this great success, and and now suddenly, because of of uh, life changes, we didn't really know what we were going to do with ourselves. And Peter and I decided uh, since since both da- David had gone up to Santa Barbara and Phil uh, was going through the, uh, a, her- a divorce, a divorce, a divorce. And, uh, since I've been through two of them, uh, my heart goes out to him and it did then and it does even more now. It goes out twice as much to him as it did then. And so uh, Peter and I found ourselves kind of thrown together with the, with the, the, the feeling that, well, we're, the, we're, we're not going through any divorces right now, so maybe we should work together. And uh, in order to carry on the Firesign banner, in a way. So we went to Columbia, and we made an individual record deal with Columbia, and turned out uh, our first Procter & Bergman album called TV or Not TV, yes. based on the concept that cable television was coming. And not only was it coming, but there was going to be a vast number of channels. In fact, we posited Channel 86. Mm-hmm. We used 86. 85. Channel 85? Was it, was it 85? 85? I thought yeah. it was 86. 85, huh? I think it was 85 because... Because in, in, you couldn't get to 85 at that time. On, on that, no. was, that was the channel you couldn't reach on, on your tuners. Oh, I have to just add here, Fred, that this is the sad part about being as old as we are and, and having created as much art as we have. It's, it's, uh, Shakespeare, I'm sure, had the same problem. You know, uh, He probably said, much ado about something. I said, no, it was nothing. It was nothing. Much ado much about, about null. Much about null. No, 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 it was nothing. Oh, yeah, right. In nothing. any case. We, Whatever. In any case, it was uh, Fred Flam. 
uh, mm-hmm. portrayed by Phil Proctor, and Clark Cable, portrayed yes. by Peter Bergman, two guys who ran a cable station out of their out of their suitcase at, at home. Yes, basically. it was true pirate cable, and the whole um, album was various takes from this cable station. And then mm-hmm. not only did we make the record, but we created a vast vaudeville show. Mm-hmm. We put it on the stage and went out under the ages of Northwest releasing. Um, what was his name? Dan Bean. Yeah. Oh, was it Dan Bean it who was sent us Dan out? Dan Bean. Oh sent, no, I'd forgotten. I yes, Dan know. Bean sent. Was kidney bean and sent us out and we played about 10 dates with this huge vaudeville show oh yeah it was a show that took what two trucks to transport it did indeed oh it was a it was a show a big show we had dogs falling out of the um the flies of the flies we had right. japanese soldiers we had flying a, out yes they dropped a japanese soldier we had, we had breakaway a big screen we had, a, we had a big screen with you know pre-recorded stuff on it it was absolutely amazing it was almost in a way too much too soon well now too much let, let me give you the background on Too Much Too Soon. All right. Proctor and I, around this time, doing our various promotions, ended up in a trailer doing a remote radio broadcast with Wolfman Jack. And there we were, crowded into this 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 RV with Wolfman Jack. He puts us on the air with this. Proctor and Boigman, too much, too soon. Which, which, be, which became our motto. That's and right. there were people pounding on the window as we were trying to be on the air with them saying, Hey, this. Baldy! Hey, Baldy! Hey, Wolfman! Hey, Baldy! Oh, it was people's theater. So Wolfman Jack really caught who Proctor and Bergman were. We were too much, too soon. Too soon, it's true. But but the uh, all of that I kind of remember about the Proctor and Bergman years was this succession of shows that we did. And just like the Firesign Theater, we, we carried with us the energy of of being able to write and create and memorize and stage and prop and costume these elaborate shows really at the drop of a hat. You know, we could we could do it almost instantly. Well, I have to I have to be honest here, Phil. I'm only going to be honest for this moment. Then All right, I'm, okay. I'm going to fake it. But this is the very prop, important, Fred. But so the propping and the, co- the, the propping and the costumes was almost entirely Phil Proctor's genius. Oh well, it's true. It's true. One of the things I could count on. I was kind of the manager. I'd go out and kind of like get the managers and the gigs and the dates mm, yeah, in a sense. Right. I was kind of like the business manager yeah, in a sense. True. Phil took care of the props and the costumes. We wrote together and we staged together and performed it together, and we kind of shared all the other things you know that we never filled in the entire time that we are on the road had anything that could be called a real fight no the only fights that we ever had were over material what worked what didn't work you know and and that was really brief they were brief and they were important because they were they were based on what we were presenting to the public and how the public responded to it but but i have to say i mean it's very kind of you to to attribute to me it's true it's true that 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 fact but on the other hand you actually lived on this street for a while right and it was only because of the storage space you had underneath your house that we could do this well i I can take i can take credit for being the storage space that's kind of a vacuous uh, metal to wear but hey a vacuum is important you know because nature abhors it yeah right well whores abhor it too well that's true but you could always paint it red and put velvet when's the last time you saw a whore working with a vacuum on this street i saw a whore working with a vacuum during the Heidi Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss lived yes. on the street. But Fred, this, story. This, this is Heidi off the Fleiss's, record. Heidi uh, Fleiss's best friend's uh, bodyguard's dog ate my bed. But that's another story. But that's that's another story. It is. And it's, it's, true. A good, it's a good album it's title. A, it's, it, <laughs> Heidi Fleiss's best, <laughs> best friend's bodyguard's dog ate, ate my, bed. my bed. It's true. And it's I have true. pictures to prove it. Yeah, pictures to prove it. Very X-Files. Very, yeah, very it X-Files. It is. It's true. So we turned out this vast vaudeville show around um, um, uh, uh, TV or TV not TV. TV or not TV. 
Then we did our second album. Now, remember, we also filmed TV or Not TV. And we filmed TV or Not TV in the Fairchild Mansion in Long Island. That's right. Steve Gilmore was our director at that time. Uh, and and uh, He didn't direct the stage show. He directed the movie. Oh, he didn't. We directed the stage show. Yes, we did. Yes. Which uh, which was amazing. People loved that show. Yeah? Well, yeah. I mean, if we'd have gone on, if we'd gone on with, at that level, we would have been... You know, Penn and Teller. But today. it was so expensive oh, to well, do a show it, like that. It was also over our heads in the sense that we were turning out a show too much too soon. Yeah, the right. show was bigger than who we were. That's we didn't true. come up through the clubs. That's right. It we went like, back to the clubs after this. Right. The Firesign Theater had established an identity, and Procter and Bergman were only half the wits of the Firesign Theater. That's how we build ourselves. That's right. And so uh, to, to to step forward and say let's you know let's ride on the success that we've that, that we've created as partners was it, it, it showed us that the Firesign Theater had this bizarre unique identity which it still has which is like how many of them are you yeah. which is why I've been able to say there you know there's there's four of us and then the fifth crazy guy uh, in fact I remember one time which we'll we'll talk about later I think it was at Ebbets Field when Peter and I went out doing a, a show in Denver in Denver, uh, doing a show that was based on Firesign Theater material. And after the show, some people came back and said, where are the other guys? As if they were on stage. Yes. It wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, you guys, you know, uh, uh, where are the other guys? Why aren't they here? It was, we saw them on stage. Where are they? Are they hiding somewhere in the, in the right. dressing room? It was room? amazing because of the quick change concept that, that uh, we created with masks and, and, uh, and just, pullover costumes. And facial expressions and the, uh, this, the state of mind of the audience itself. We used a lot of Grotowski, which I love because his name is so grotesque. Grotowski is a Polish um, a, a theatrician and teacher who basically believed in no makeup. You just do it with your face. Which is what yeah. we did. We never Absolutely. wore makeup. We wore funny Japanese masks yeah, and stuff. Yeah, half masks and things like that. But, but everybody knew it was us. Basically, we would buy a minimalist uh, a change, a funny wig or a pair of glasses, very much like what we do with Firesign Theater. When we perform, we would create complete changes of character. And, and it was really a psychedelic, a magic experience to, to do that kind of theater. 